You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Seminole Nation, happy Thursday and welcome to your favorite podcast about the only college in the United States of America, I think, I didn't look it up, that have a legitimate circus. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me, riding the waves, I've got Drake. Buddy, how we doing? You don't have to come with a football team like that, my guy. I mean, we had one bad, we've had a few bad years, but don't call the team a circus, my guy. Come on, dude. No, no, no. It's a le- We legitimately have a circus. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> circus, too. Funny story. So my mom is from Sarasota, Florida. She lives there now. Uh, when she was growing up, the big thing was the Ringling Brothers Circus is based out of Sarasota. There's the Ringling College of Art. Their name's all over the place. So Sarasota High School actually has a circus. They call it the Sailor Circus. So I was down there like two weeks ago. Her and her friends are hanging out. It's, it's like it, when your parents hit a certain age, there's like a, there's a flip, like they become high schoolers again. And then you're the adult, like I'm, I'm coming home, you know, at 6 PM and like, they've got all their friends over by the pool, like drinking white claws. It's, it's odd, but I roll with it. Okay. Talk about the sailor circus. And I'm picturing like a, a bunch of dudes in sailors outfits doing a circus. Like it was the women talking about it. So I'm like, okay. I mean, is this like some weird magic Mike stuff. No, no. It turns out that the students of Sarasota High School, the sailors, put on a full production circus. Uh, so her and Charlotte went and it. they sent me videos. It's incredible. These kids, I, like they're not paying me to say this, but if y'all ever find yourself in Sarasota, Florida and get to go to the sailor circus, it is mind blowing what these like 15, 16, 17 year old kids do. I'm, um, I'm, I'm like imagining uh, Christian Moran, my old roommate, because he's from this sort of area. Like doing that. I mean, he also he's a musically, musically talented guy. I mean, like, hey, he may, have, if he's not, he might have been done. I got to text him. And they actually have circus summer camp uh, in June. Charlotte's going to go to that. Yes, yeah, three and a half. But I think they start at five. But my mom, you know, she knows people. So Charlotte will be at circus camp. But. Yeah, so uh, sorry for that little detour, but y'all know what you're getting. It's uh, it's the off season. It's the Thursday show. It's actually our last show of the week. Tomorrow we're gonna have uh, head coach of the FSU men's lacrosse, Lou Albazi. Phenomenal interview. He was actually Drake and I's fraternity brother. Uh, he's a little older than us, so he's been coaching lacrosse in Tallahassee since 2011 started at the high school level I believe at McClay where they've had a program for a long time but then he ended up with our other fraternity brother Marco White over at Leon yeah Marco went to Colorado to coach Lou took over as the head coach of Leon I think I think in like 2015 or 16 and he ended up winning Big Ben coach of the year he took them to their best record ever at that point did some big things, got picked up as the offensive coordinator at Florida State, and now, as of this offseason, has just moved into the head coaching role. So really, really fired up for him. Uh, it's gonna, it's a cool interview, but, I, dude, honestly, I'm more excited to, like, cover that team next year because I kind of like lacrosse, and it's something to cover during the offseason. Oh, dude, I love lacrosse. I mean, one of my com- first compliance jobs was right up here uh, at Johns Hopkins, and for those of you who know, Johns Hopkins is a perennial blue blow when it comes to the – uh, Division one lacrosse scene. They're in the Big Ten for a reason. And the Big Ten is like known as that, that, that top tier lacrosse program. And then back to Lou, like I've always known Lou's going to be, you know, that kind of top dog because we pledged together uh, at Fidel. 
And he was always worked hard. I was actually very upset that I wasn't able to actually join you in the interview due to um, my traveling and everything. But yeah. Lou, you know, if you're listening to this right now, like, dude, thank you for so much for coming on, man. I'm very proud of you. We all love you. Love you on here, man. Good job. And we can't wait for you to, to uh, bring us to the promised land with uh, FSU Lacrosse. Yeah, man. So great interview. Check that out tomorrow, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, or if you're listening to this, you know, same place you're getting this from swinging on over. You'll see what I did there in a moment to Florida state sports. Uh, I want to give an update on the golf. So Florida state, uh, was hosting the golf regional this week. It's a three round tournament. There's two components. There's individual, there's also a team component, and Johnny Pack just finished up his third round. Again, that's the final round. It's not, um, you know, it's not like the PGA. There's not four. It's three. That's not four. I know y'all, y'all know math. And he went, let's see, he shot a 67 on day one. Phenomenal. That's uh, five under for that course. It's a tough course. Uh, 72 shot even par on day two. And then he, he had a 69 to go three under today. It's not nice. going to end up. Yeah, right. But it's not going to end up being enough. It looks like for him, he he so he's going to finish has finished the tournament eight under the current leader is Davis Thompson from Georgia, an eight seed of all things running away with it at 14 under he's through 17. But I want to give a shout out to Vincent Norman. Y'all may not know his name. Admittedly, I didn't know his name. Vincent, maybe he goes by Vince. I don't know. He is also a Florida State golfer. He was the 18th seed in this regional. Now that's, you know, a lot of, there's 75 competitors in here. So 18 seed, I believe that's the 18 seed. There's a number next to him. Uh, so anyway, he went nine under for the tournament, one spot over Johnny Pack, and he will finish at third. So we got Florida State golfers finishing third, fourth, and fifth. So not a, not a bad showing at all. We've also got Cole Anderson at 15th. We've got Frederick. That is a super Northern European name. That it's There's a K and a J together with oh, two please, T's and an R together. spell it out and try to say it. I really want to see I this. think it's Ketrup. Ketrup? You'd say Ketrup, maybe? Ketrup? I, I don't know, dude. So we've got guys at 16th. I'm going down the list here to see where our boys finished. So yeah, that's that's what it looks like. We've got we've got uh, we've got third, fourth, tied for fifth, and we've got fifteenth uh, and tied for sixteenth. Really well done, guys. We're proud of you. But the more important part that I, I I buried the lead a bit because I like to do that in the team side. Florida State is just utterly blowing out the competition. Oh, there's no way. There's no. Those might be national seeds. I don't know. Anyway, Florida State is 34 under as a team. Uh, they finished their play for the day. They went 10 under today. Second place, we've got Georgia at 17 under. So Florida fully, if if Georgia's final remaining golfer does not birdie the 18th hole, Florida State will literally double second place's score. Hell of a job, guys. That's so, just incredible. So you can say that collectively as a unit – they utterly dominated the competition. We looked good as a unit. Yeah. I, I in fact, I'm going to, this is great for the, the podcast medium, but I've got a friend. I'd call him my friend. He's, he's originally my parents' friend, but he's my friend too. Now his name's Alan Hanstein. This guy, we got to have Alan on the program because Alan is one of like, I don't know, one or two people, maybe five, a small 
small group of people. He belongs to the coaches club for every single FSU sport. So every sport has a coaches club where you can donate money specifically to that sport. In addition to the boosters, he donates money to every single coaches club that Florida State has. He wow. goes to like this guy. I, and again, Alan, if you're listening to this, I hope I don't don't take this the wrong way because it's it's legitimately impressive. Like it's great, great friend to have on Facebook. He goes to like all the tennis matches. He goes to soccer games. He's at golf events. Anyway, he sent me this cool uh, this cool uh, video of Cole who finished, uh, I believe, let me make sure, I think T15. No, Cole finished uh, solo 15 at four under for the tournament, uh, holding out on the 11th from about oh, 40 yards out. So really cool clip, tough course, really awesome to see our guys take care of business. Love it. I mean, I love, you know, it's really great to hear, you know, how great, you know, all the sports are doing. And for golf, even Johnny Pack, I think for those of you who don't know, I'm not a big golf guy. I actually went out this past weekend and I bought the, because uh, I'm now, you know, I'm moving back down to South Florida for a potential job opportunity. And I'm actually, I picked up the art of the swing, the, you know, the, uh, was it uh, Chris Hogan? Who's the, uh, the golf guy? The yeah. Famous golf guy, yeah. Tom Hogan, I believe. Yeah. Tom Hogan. Yeah. I picked up his book and actually got a, a friend of mine sent her, sent her old, like, you know, training club. So I'm going to be using those. So you're going to be seeing me on the, Oh, it's guys. Ben Hogan, not Tom. Ben Hogan. Tom. Ben Hogan. Don't, don't. I almost, I, I almost said Hulk Hogan, my guy. So like, you know, but. Tom Hogan was a golfer at Ole Miss. So uh -huh. I probably should know more about golf history. I'm going to pretend I saw Tom Hogan during the golf season at some point in college yeah. when I was following. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll just say that, but no, you know, you're going to see me on a green very, very, very soon. And I have Johnny pack, Johnny a pack. I'd like to call him to uh, thank for that. So if I give you one piece of advice for anyone starting golf and you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a phenomenal golfer. I picked up the game like two and a half years ago. I'm actually in a bit of a slump right now. Hit the range today. It was going, going pretty well. I'm playing a really nice course with a friend of mine who has been far more successful in life than me so far uh, next week. So I had to, you know, knock some rust off. But if I could give anyone starting golf advice is do the Tiger Woods approach. Learn golf from the greens backwards. Because like, if you can putt, it, it might take you four strokes to get on every green. But if you can knock down a lot of putts you're not supposed to make, your score will start. You'll have a much higher floor. So how take close? That it, how close is it? I guess transit of property wise, say because I'm a great mini golfer. I mean, I've been killing. You know, getting in the hippo's mouth. You know, through the alligator tail. How close yeah. is that? I mean, we'll translate that game to the actual putting game. That's you know, actual golf. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not unlike using um, someone's. You know, how far they throw the ball in the punt, kick, pass competition to uh, judge their cooking skills. Okay, so yeah. then I'm uh, starting from ground zero. I love it. Yeah, yeah, starting from <laughs> ground zero. And folks, if you're starting from ground zero with your car, you're just fed up, there's something wrong with it, and and you're over it because something's been wrong with it for longer than you've, you've wanted to admit. And it's just something you want to get fixed, but you don't want to pay an arm and a leg, go to rockauto.com. Look, they got low prices. They've got a great selection. But what I like about Rock Auto, and I like I said, I use them for my headlight, they're just so easy to navigate. I, I had an experience with an alternator on my old Jeep that, oh, it was a pain. It was, I think, I don't know the trims. I had a different trim and it had like a, the fan was in a different spot because it was more for off-roading, like the, 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 whatever the fan that the belt fan goes around. So I got the wrong alternator. Then I ordered, like I'd ordered that offline. I think it took me two to four weeks to get it. So then I had to go to the auto parts store. 
looked at like three of them before I found it. It was a nightmare. So just go to rockauto.com, especially for something, you know, small and easy, easy to navigate, super low prices, and just tell them locked on sent you. So before we get into our next topic, oh, there is one thing I, I need to throw out. You know, we talked about sending you to Nick's, getting y'all dressed up. So I, a pretty serious incident was brought to my attention involving the Florida State Administration yesterday. Uh, a guy we had on the program, Michael Alford, CEO of the Seminole Boosters. He's a great guy, but I saw a picture of him at an event yesterday. My man was rocking Navy socks with black shoes. And, oh man, I don't know. It was, it, it, it was tough to see that. It was tough because again, he's an inspirational leader. He's a true visionary in the field. He has a list of accomplishments longer than any list of accomplishments I will ever have. But man, Mr. Alford, gotta sync up the socks and shoes, buddy. Gotta do it. God, I, I know, you know, esteemed listener and close friend of mine, Randy Alves, right now is sick to his stomach. For those of you who don't know, Randy Alves is a close personal friend of the program. And he, uh, he taught me how to tie, you know, tie a tie the proper way. And he made sure I did it every single time. And also to never, ever, you know, wear your black, wear uh, black shoes or blue socks. So, uh, Mr. Offer, we'd love to have you. But hey, listen, you know, if you want a little help, you know, with your wardrobe, we're here for you, my guy. Or head to Nick's. Nick's will take care of you too. We love Nick's. Uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, in listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's fine. Uh, just here's a little tip you want to match your socks to your shoes or your pants. So if you have on like, say gray, gray pants, black shoes, you can go with black or a monochromatic look of gray socks with your gray pants. You know, nowadays you can have a little leeway, have a little fun with it, but you want to make sure, you know, the, the base color of the sock follows that rule. Unless you're, you know, look, if you're swagged out 3000 and you want to try to have your socks match your tie, go for that too. That's acceptable, but make sure you can pull it off. Like you've got to have some confidence to have the totally mismatched socks that only match the tie. Just play that one by ear, see how you're feeling. But let's get into Florida State football because while Mr. Alford may have, you know, gotten a flag on the play there, he has been running up the freaking score for the booster program, which, you know, is going to pay dividends for the football program. And the first sort of incident or for, first sort of proving grounds, if you will, for that, we just found out is going to be in primetime. That's right. Sunday night, Labor Day weekend. I don't know the date because I don't need to know the date because I know I'll be there. I guess I should put it in my calendar, but it's the it's the Sunday before Labor Day, 730 at night, Florida State versus Notre Dame under the lights in Dope Campbell Stadium. Drake. How do you feel about that? It's going to be a Sunday, bloody Sunday. And that's about me personally. I think that we have an actual great chance to pull off the upset. I'm not saying that we should expect a win. I think Max will go into a little bit more detail of like temporary expectations. But like I said before, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Not only that, I'm making the Kool-Aid. I think that we have a great, great chance of actually winning this game. And for those of you who don't know why, I want y'all to take a step back and look at 2016, the Notre Dame game against Texas. That was Charlie Strong's third year. Charlie Strong was probably coming into probably coaching for his life there, coaching for his career, coaching for his job. Notre Dame went down to Texas. Notre Dame is coming down to Doak. They won that game week one against Notre Dame. And to me, that's going to be the big thing we see there because Nor Norvell, second year coming in. Charlie Strong, third year coming in. Notre Dame came off a very, very good year the year before. 
So to me, the parallels are there. And honestly, they lost they lost a lot as, as well. They had like I think like seven or eight picks in the draft. And this year, this year for this year, Notre Dame lost like nine. So to me, it's eerily similar. And like I said before, it's on a Sunday, Labor Day weekend, and Notre Dame kind of falters in these spots. I think it's hard for the taking. I don't disagree with that analysis. I think those are good parallels. Um, you know, I, I agree. But here's the thing. I think we need to be a little honest with ourselves about who this team is going to be. I, I can't get hurt again. I mean, I'm ready to get hurt again, but I think we need to look at this, our team with all the freshmen, all the sophomores they have. I like to look at the youth movement last year, the 20, what do we have? 23 roster departures an absolute mass exodus from the roster in a, what I would consider, except for there's probably one or two of those that don't fall into this category, but I think it was relatively addition by subtraction. However, Notre Dame is a very, very good football program. You don't uh, agree, Drake, great point about the draft picks. I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't matter. It, it very much does. And it's why I am optimistic. However, you don't get to the college football playoff without having a good two deep. So Notre Dame has good backups. I mean, you look at Dylan, who we're getting as a transfer. He, by all accounts, is a very good right guard who couldn't crack the lineup there because of a couple true freshmen because their recruiting has been so good. Our D-lines, they've got to show me something. I mean, I, I don't know. Our O-line, I, I'm concerned. You know, we, we like to and I'll go back to the good in a minute, folks. I promise whatever we do for our third segment today, it's going to be upbeat because I don't want Max to send you into the weekend feeling down about yourselves or the team. I'm just being, I'm tempering expectations a bit. The reality with our O-line is one of the key pieces of that, we don't know if he's going to be there. I mean, we keep acting like DLT will 100% be back to who he was. We don't know how he's going to heal up from that injury. We got a good transfer coming in. We think we've got a recommitted Dante Lucas. Uh, we think that Brady Scott might be a little something. We think that, you know, Mo is going to figure it out. Mo, like, I, who, who, Washington also, but isn't Washington, wasn't he hurt during the spring? So, you know, mm -hmm. we got to be a little careful with Washington. The scary part about the O-line is we don't have a two deep. We, If any of them go down, like, that's it. The game is, I, I hate to say this because I don't want to sound uh, hyperbolic, if one of our starting offensive linemen gets hurt and we are either losing or the game is tied, I think we will not be able to win that football game. I don't think we have a sixth lineman that can block capably enough to help us beat anyone in the top 25. And it's unfortunate. However, however, Drake, for all the reasons you said, I do think we should be optimistic about this game. I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's likely. I think if we're going to upset a team this year, and I know I'm kind of flip-flopping here, folks. I'm a, I'm a lobbyist for a living. It's what I do, but take the good with the bad. I, I do think if we're going to pull a legitimate upset this year, this will probably be the team. Agreed. Agreed. So, and one thing I will tell you, though, Max, to kind of like, you know, assuage your concerns for the uh, sure. Notre Dame's offensive line, they lost four out of five players uh, off the offensive line. They will be starting a true, true freshman at the left tackle spot. So to me... You're going to have Jermaine Johnson, who's probably going to be eating all game. Two, Notre Dame lost JOK, probably who was one of my personal favorite top 10 players in the draft. They don't have a vaunted pass rusher actually there. 
and their linebacking core is not that great. I think for me personally, the best player on that defense is just safety Kyle Hamilton, who just plays that sort of, you know, center field role. Is he kind of a Hamson Astral game for them? Or does he? Or faster. is he not as much of a tackler? Is he more of a more of a, a free more of a center I fielder? I think he's a little bit guy? faster, but I think that's where the comp kind of like stays. Okay, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to let y'all know that BetOnline.ag actually does have preseason lines out now. I think Florida State opened as like a ten point dog or so. Uh, go check those lines out. If you don't have an account with BetOnline.ag, make one, and when you do, use promo code Locked On L O C K E D. That'll get you a 15% welcome bo- or 50, I'm sorry, not 15, a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. So you put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you 50, you put in 250, they'll give you seven or whatever that is, like 125, uh, that kind of deal. So betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Sorry to cut you off, Drake. You know, we just time no, we is time. Hey, hey, listen, man, we got to pay the bills. We got to pay the bills. Yeah, went but- a little long on golf. but I, So let's keep going with this, though, because um, I, I think you make some good points. And, you know, my sort of point is, my, my point in favor of why we should be optimistic is last year's team, they sucked. If we're going to be honest, that team was bad. They weren't really good at football. They were mentally checked out. Physically, they got bullied at nearly every position. The only shining moment of any of last season to me was the offensive backfield. Uh, I liked how Jordan Travis played. I liked how the running backs played. And to their credit, I didn't see a lot of quit from the offensive line. Like I actually, I think they tried their best, which I know we're Florida state. We don't give participation trophies, but I, I will credit that. I, and that team, anyway, they were bad and they still, they still pulled an upset against North Carolina. And you could say what you want about advanced metrics, this advanced metrics, that, well, they dropped four passes in that last drive off their hands. Sure. But we still put one in the win column in that game. So, you know, this, this team should be better than last year's team. And I think Notre Dame should probably be worse than UNC was last year. And it's the first game of the season. So maybe we catch them sleeping. I don't think it's impossible. I just, I don't, I worry that kids go on social media a lot now. And if you think that they don't, you're living in a bubble. I mean, these kids, they love to tweet. They love recognition. They love all that. I don't want the fan base to get themselves so hyped up for a win that if we lose, which is the, the, unfortunately the most likely outcome, Twitter just becomes a hate fest and it becomes toxic and it makes kids go, why the hell do I want to go play for that fan base? So that, that I think Drake is my biggest concern. I mean, that's fair. And it also doesn't help that um, Dillingham did say that this is going to be our biggest visit weekend for the entire year, which for those of you who who remember Virginia Tech a few years ago was the biggest weekend that we had on the first game under Wood Taggart. And that probably that game solidified us not snagging Kayvon Thibodeau, who's about to be a top three overall draft pick. But my thing is with Notre Dame game, I'm not saying that we're going to win this game. I'm saying that I think there's reason for optimism for actually there's a Great, there's a decent possibility, like maybe a 35% chance that we actually could pull off the upset, primarily because Notre Dame, always after a year of either being in a cultural playoff or winning a huge bowl game, always stumble out the gate and lose their first game. And to me, it's not they're going to be sleepy walking into this. There's so much turnover across the entire team, defense, offensive line. They have a new quarterback in Jack Cohn, who's a transfer from Wisconsin, who has to still learn the playbook. So to me, the chemistry might not be there. And quite honestly, Mackenzie Millen coming in, or even Jordan Travis, if he starts that game, 
already ha- has that sort of um, camaraderie, that chemistry with the playbook, especially because Mackenzie Millen is running very, very, very similar. And like Max said, we have the backs. We have the backs. We have Jay Sean Corbin, DJ Williams. Like we are solidified across that as long as we cash the passes. And if Adam Fuller does his f- job for once, I think we actually potentially could, even if it's because it's close, that's all I want, but we can definitely, definitely win this game. I agree. And I'm going to steal this from the Nolcast. If y'all haven't, there's no way you listen to us and you don't listen to our friends at the Nolcast. We had Ingram Smith on, on Sunday. We have not dropped the episode, but fun interview. Uh, him and Bud, I listened to it today. They kind of talked about similar topics to what, what we talked about with him. And this was one of them. And uh, he, he made a very astute comparison to, and again, I'm totally ripping this off. Uh, Ingram Smith, Nolcast, don't, I get my own stuff and I'll give credit where credit is due. He made a very apt comparison to the 2011 Oklahoma game. No one walked out of that game going, oh, great. We're not any good. We walked out of that game, at least from what I remember. We were like, okay, look, we're not national champion good, but we we hung with a very, very good Oklahoma team who, by the way, the year before had beaten us by like 30 points, 40 points. We took them down to the wire, and you know, I, I was proud of that game, and I think it's the same thing with this one. We just can't look lifeless. It it can't be Notre Dame circa 2018. It's got to be at least last year's Notre Dame game, but a little less fluky. Like, we've got to be in it. And I think if recruits see that, they know the message is, hey, you're here to build our team to the next level. This isn't Alabama where you're going to get plugged into an already rolling machine. Alabama, by the way, if you guys want to just be pissed off today, I, I didn't know they their class this year is the highest rated recruiting class of all time. So uh, that's the class, by the way, that will be seniors when we play them in the regular season. Wonderful, but I'm with you on that as well. I Good think news is half of them will be gone by then by their senior I mean, year, right? I mean, yeah, because they're going to declare for the draft because like literally they're all so damn good. But so that's a positive. Yeah. So, but the th- like you're right about the kid. The kids that are interested in us and the ones that have the best, we have the best shot of landing already know the situation that we're in right now. We're in a yep. rebuilding mode. So for those kids to meet, like Max is right, they need to see progress. They need to see defense not like a DB. Like I think was it a Taron Arlton perfectly. I need to see a pass rush so I'm not left on an island for the most of the game. That's what Travis Hunter also, even though I think he's like locked in, needs to see. That's what someone like Nigel Lee Kelly, like even though he did decommit, he needs to see actual improvement with the defensive line with Jermaine Johnson on one side and possibly Kerry Thomas on the other. So this game right here is probably a turning point or like it's basically it's everyone's going to be fixed. I fixated on this fans boosters it's kids, Sunday night social media and Sunday night it's literally the it's only gonna be game the on. watch game I mean we watched Miami and uh you know Florida that you know, two years ago I guess because that's all that was on it's yeah. yeah it's all eyes on us it's it's gonna be huge you know one thing that does kind of bum me out a little is I wish I really wish this game was played later in the season it's it's gonna be a fun opener it's gonna be a great atmosphere but let's say we get we get beat let's say it's not even ugly we're talking we're competitive it would be so much better to be like four and one. And then that happens. And you can then go to the kids and say, Hey, look, Notre Dame's gone to the playoffs. You know, they're one of like five teams that have gone to multiple playoffs, maybe less than five, right? Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, Notre Dame. Has anyone else gone to two college football playoffs? Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. So they're literally probably one of five. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're one of five teams out of 129 teams in the football bowl subdivision that have done that. They're a very good program. 
we're not there yet, but look, we're, we were four and one headed into this game. We're building something, you know? So I, I wish we had, we could get them later in the year as much as maybe it's to our advantage to catch them sleeping. I don't know. So we've been on this, uh, you know, for quite some time. And I, I just want our listeners to, if there's one thing you take away from today's conversation, just don't go out and say Max is a pessimist or Drake is just blowing smoke up your ass. We're both optimistic about this game, but we both realize it will be an upset if we win and upsets are challenging. So exactly. I don't know. Did I summarize that pretty well? I think, I mean, that's pretty well. And also it kind of is nice to know that, you know, our logo still holds way while the university of Coral Gables plays the best team in the country of the past decade and are are playing at three 30. So, so Miami (laughs) actually brings brought down the Bama logo. Although the, the, you know, the, the sec, like they're weird, dude, they like their three 30 games, you know, like I think they all prefer to play at three 30 because. Hey, for my narrative, that's not what we're doing. Oh, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I'm happy. Hey, this is the first regular season in I don't know how long, maybe ever, that both Miami and Florida have had to play Alabama during the regular season. So we'll at least be happy for two Saturdays. And I, I think we'll be happy a lot more Saturdays this year. I don't. We're not going to get into a record conversation. We don't have time. People need to get on with their weekends. But Drake, I want to. I want to. I want to do one quick question for you because I never. You know, we kind of messed with you yesterday about not getting to have the fun talks. In our last couple of minutes here, I'd like to ask you if you could have one fictional football player. It can it can be pro, high school, college, whatever. Have them be on our roster. Who do you think it would be? It's Stephen Willie Beeman. Any given Sunday probably is one of my personal favorite football movies or sports movies in general. And Stephen Willie Beeman is probably at first. I love Jamie Fox too. He was a dynamic player, and honestly, to me, he's a, he's a Lamar. He's Lamar Jackson. Just on, was in a movie form. Like he literally is just dynamic. Has a can of an arm, can move, can stick with it, and also like towards the end, like you saw the maturity process in that movie. So to me, that's someone that you know wants to win, and to me, that's probably the perfect player for right now. That what we actually need. He has that swagger about him too. So yeah, give me give me a Willie Beeman. I dig that. Okay, okay, I, dude. I think mine would would probably be Preacher Man Christian from from Friday Night Lights. I mean, just a real. He was a real culture guy. You know, that speech he gives at halftime really, you know, that, that, that almost got them the win against Dallas Carter. It was, they were fast, mm-hmm. they were mean, they were nasty, they're dirty. He goes in there, gives them a speech, fires them up, tells them to hit the ref. I love that. I love that from a player. I, yeah, that would be my man, preacher man. So with that, folks, that's going to do it for Locked on Seminoles today. And wherever you're listening to this, if you haven't yet, take a minute to like, share, and follow us. Definitely make sure you follow us. That way, when new episodes come out, which is five days a week, uh, you're you're the first to know about it. We love that. Also, give us a review on the uh, on the old iTunes, if you will. You know, give us five stars. Tell us something about yourself. Tell us something you like about the show, and we'll read it on the air. And then, I guess, last thing would be, you know, if you want to engage with us, I've been saying this recently because it's it's kind of helped. I've seen several of y'all uh, hop into my follows. I try to follow everyone back. You know, hit us on Twitter at Knowles Anonymous is the official Twitter of the podcast. That's at Knowles Anonymous. Drake's is tally underscore underscore Drake. And mine is just all one word, Max Moody 17. I made it in 2017 and I'm a very creative person. So with that, I'm your host, Max. And right next to me, I have my boy, Drake. Y'all have a phenomenal weekend. Check out our interview tomorrow and I'll talk to you Monday. Check the interview tomorrow and catch me on Fridays with Locked on ACC. Take care, everybody.